1: Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com/wondersuite. That's bluehost.com/wondersuite. Want to learn how to be an entrepreneur?
2: You are dedicated and devoted. To a life of developing new ideas and innovations. Willing to take calculated career risks, achieving independent wealth and success. Then you are ready to experience The Entrepreneur Effect. We'll highlight opportunities for entrepreneurs in digital marketing through interesting, practical, and thought-provoking interviews and monologues. Increase your income and be your own boss by listening to The Entrepreneur Effect. Please welcome your host, a 25-year veteran in sales, management, and business development, Dush Ramachandran.
3: Hi, and welcome to Entrepreneur Effect. This is Dush Ramachandran, and my guest today is Jefferson Lilly, who is the founder of Park Avenue Partners. What's interesting about what uh, Jefferson is doing is that um, he's got uh, an investment a strategy that is quite different from anything you might have heard normally. This is a very different thing. So I'm excited to chat with Jefferson about this. But before we dive in on our conversation with Jefferson, um, here's a quick thing for our listeners. If you could, you know, as you've seen, we've over these last hundred and twenty or so episodes, we've interviewed all kinds of different entrepreneurs in wide varieties of different areas, Um, and we're always looking for new and exciting topics uh, and interesting people to interview. So, if you could please do me a favor, go to entrepreneureffectradio.com and let me know. In there, there's a there's a very quick little form that you can fill in. It's just two, two items of information, your first name and what you would like us to interview someone on. So if you have the name of someone you'd like us to interview or a topic that you would like to hear about, go to entrepreneur effect radio.com and just let us know what you'd like to hear about. And we'll make sure that we schedule it uh, in an upcoming episode of our podcast. Okay. Well, with that out of the way, let's get started with our conversation with Jefferson Lilly. Welcome Jefferson. Hey, Dush. Great Great to be with you. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So, um, you know, as, as we've been talking about your investment area is pretty unique. Um, so why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you specifically invest in and, uh, why that's so unique.
4: Sure. Uh, so I buy mobile home parks. Uh, I believe it's the best niche, uh, in real estate. Um, a couple of the things that make it uh, a compelling investment, um, First, uh, unlike almost any other kind of real estate, uh, you know, apartment buildings, self-storage, office, hotel, uh, really only mobile home parks uh, cannot be built anymore. Uh, Pretty much every city and county has outlawed any new construction of this unique niche. Um, That's happened for a variety of reasons. Uh, Mobile home parks have, I think, an undeservedly bad reputation. Uh, And frankly, because they're mostly just land, i.e. there isn't an apartment building or a hotel uh, or something sitting on top of it, because there aren't a lot of improvements to the land, the local cities and counties cannot tax them. Uh, very highly. Um, I guess government is certainly not a profit-making entity, but but they're not stupid either. Um, So, you know, most other real estate niches uh, suffer, uh, so to speak, from competition and even from overbuilding, at least when times are good and debt is easy to obtain, pretty much every other niche gets overbuilt. This niche does not. Um, Mm -hmm. And then at least the way we invest, we tend to buy parks where the uh, residents own uh, substantially all of the mobile homes. Uh, The implication there is that we don't own uh, the proverbial leaky toilets and leaky roofs. Uh, Again, the tenants own that, that's their house and they just pay us a lot rent into the dirt. So uh, our repair and maintenance budget is about a third uh, what the repair and maintenance budget would be, uh, say for traditional real estate, where again, you, you actually own the improvements to the land. Sure. So we, we kind of view this business really almost as being a parking lot business, uh, again, with the mobile homes rather than cars. Uh, but the mobile homes really parked on our land and, and really permanently tied down. Again, I don't buy RV parks those uh, cash flows have engines in them and they drive off. Mo- mobile homes are permanently tied down uh, to the land. So that's just a couple of the highlights that make this uh, a very compelling uh, real estate niche.
3: Interesting. So, um, so for people out there, um, our listeners thinking about, um wow this is kind of an interesting it's a different uh area of real estate investing than we've uh, normally heard of before people usually talk yep. about you know vacation rentals people talk about uh, buying and flipping and so on and so forth this is a very different uh different kind of uh category of real estate investment um so given that it's so different, um, is financing easily available for people wanting to invest in mobile home parks? It is. Uh, I uh, usually qualify for substantially the same
4: debt and same terms as most uh, regular multifamily, most apartment buildings. Um, so I've, I've borrowed basically money from four sources. Um, uh, from, from smallest to largest, that, that would be some seller carry. Uh, I've borrowed from banks. I've borrowed from the CMBS market, and I've borrowed from the agencies, Fannie and Freddie. Uh, so again, the terms are substantially the same as apartment building investing, which right now is around 5% uh, fixed for about 10 years, and uh, typically 70 to 75% loan-to-value. Uh, typically on certainly a 25 and sometimes a 30 year amortization schedule, okay. so I think all that debt compares pretty pretty favorably to uh, again traditional real estate and investing.
3: Right now, what about um, you know something that we always see or seem to uh, see and hear about, uh, especially during natural disasters like hurricanes and uh, so on, that mobile home parks are the ones that seem to be hit. Uh, pretty heavily Um, what about that that is a concern that probably is in the the back of the minds of a lot of our listeners
4: yeah and that's yet another reason this is a great little niche Um, it's not in fact that there's any meteorological uh, magnetism that in fact (laughs) attracts more tornadoes or hurricanes but just the fact that everybody thinks that's the case and therefore nobody wants to buy this asset class, again, keeps prices relatively low for those of us that are buying it. So uh, please don't tell anybody that 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 that's a falsehood. <laughs> tell everybody that yes, they get hit and wiped out all the time, every day by tornadoes and mobile homes. But I don't want any more competition. Yeah, <laughs> even
3: in places where there are no tornadoes. Sure, Maine, yeah, definitely Wisconsin, all the time. It's just horrible in Wisconsin. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, on a on a slightly more serious note. Um, we have about three minutes left to go in this segment. Um, so how does, you know, the way in which you operate is uh, you operate on behalf of other buyers uh, who might come to you and say, look, I'd, I'd like to have a stake in a mobile home park, uh, so much like a mutual fund or uh, any kind okay. of aggregated investment. Um, is, that, is that your business model? They help us understand how you operate.
4: Yeah, so that's exactly what I'm doing at Park Avenue Partners. This is now my third fund uh, that I'm raising. My previous funds are, are returning roughly between eight and 12% cash. Um, that's from operations. We haven't yet sold anything to to boost returns further. Uh, but yeah, I raised my, so far I've raised a little over 20 million from about 130 accredited investors. Uh, I pool their money in a fund and I then go out and buy Uh, you know, eight, uh, maybe 12 parks uh, in a fund. And so investors are making a concentrated investment just in this niche. Uh, But I then go out and buy parks nationwide. I own uh, currently uh, about 24 mobile home parks in 13 different states, uh, literally coast to coast. Uh, you know, a waiting in the Midwest where real estate is uh, less expensive. I wouldn't say it's cheap, but it's less expensive than the coasts. But anyway, so my investors are making a a focused investment in this niche, but they do benefit from geographic location and from being co-owners with me. And uh, again, eight, perhaps 12 parks at a time.
3: Okay. And um, so that sounds like a really uh, clean way to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And, I imagine you, you mentioned accredited investors. So, uh, this is probably not something that is available to somebody that wants to dip their toe in the water. So, somebody that's potentially looking to invest uh, maybe $10,000 uh, initially, uh, hoping to grow that. And if it, if it, uh, for somebody, you know, that's completely new to this environment, um, you know, making a, a big bet of, uh, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars might might be substantially more than they're prepared to wager. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I'm assuming that um, this is available primarily to uh, accredited investors, or is it available to anyone that, because it's a fund, it's available to anyone that Wants to put in, you know, five or
4: $10,000? Yeah. So uh, the fund is only open to accredited investors. That's an SEC regulation. Right. Not so much because it's a fund, but because, for instance, I'm on podcasts like yours. So the SEC will allow me to market my fund widely. Uh, but in exchange, I cannot take in folks that are, you know, proverbial widows and orphans. Got it. So the SEC requires folks to be accredited. That's basically a $1 million or higher net worth or not. And, or a $200,000 a year income if you're single or a $300,000 a year income, if you're married, I could qualify on any of those. Then you're accredited and then you can invest. My minimum is uh, fifty thousand dollars. So indeed not as small as five grand, but but not as sizable as some of the funds that may have say a quarter million dollar. Got it. So Got it. I'm at at fifty grand.
3: Okay. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jefferson Lilly. Stay tuned, we'll be right back.
2: Stay tuned for more of the Entrepreneur Fat when we return. are now tuned in
5: to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the b2b marketplace webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing
4: maria retan larry weber tim, tim ash james and arlene martell ross dunn john Carcutt, shahab zagari
0: peggy Salt, Bennett kelly jillian Music and kennedy
5: from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry.
2: Please join me in welcoming Andrew Hank.
6: Pleased to have Jim Lenzone.
5: Please welcome Ariana Huffington. Please welcome Jason Kalkanis. On air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine.
2: You are experiencing the Entrepreneur Effect only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Dush Ramachandran.
3: Welcome back. This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. My guest today is Jefferson Lilly, who is the founder of Park Avenue Partners. Um, And uh, the unique investment uh, model, the unique investment idea that Jefferson uh, was talking about is investing in mobile home parks, and Park Avenue Partners um, is creating funds of um, investors who would then, you know, collect collectively invest in 10 or 12 uh, mobile home parks all across the country. Uh, so, Jefferson, you know, before the break, we were talking about, you know, the sort of accredited investor and why that's, why that's important. Um, and for people listening, many of whom would be accredited investors, would be, you know, would have crossed the threshold to be able to invest in your fund. Um, talk a little bit about things like depreciation. Because most people are used to the notion of uh, depreciating commercial property or you know or rental property, multifamily housing units, etc., uh, on a fairly aggressive basis—not uh, super aggressive, but fairly aggressive—and I'm imagining—and I, I may be completely wrong on this—but I mean, I'm imagining that um, that with mobile home parks, you can probably. Uh, depreciate on a much more aggressive scale. Is that correct?
4: It is. And uh, that's that's credit to you because most people think it's the opposite and they say, oh, it's great business, but it's just raw land. So surely you don't get any depreciation. It's actually just the reverse. Uh, We've historically been able to depreciate about 75% of our purchase price. Uh, That compares, I think, quite comparably with uh, apartment building and hotel and, and, and other real estate depreciation where, you know, roughly 25% of your purchase price is raw land, the non depreciable part. And indeed you, you then get to depreciate about three quarters uh, of the purchase price. Uh, and then here's the thing. When you buy traditional real estate an apartment building a hotel, what have you that that bricks and mortar comes down over 27 and a half years. Uh, In our business, again, by and large, we don't own uh, any bricks and mortar. We got a couple of parks with some clubhouses, but basically we don't have hardly, we have hardly any bricks and mortar. What we do have are, for instance, fencing and signage. Uh, That is, I believe, seven-year property. We have the water pipes and sewer pipes in the ground, and those are 20-year property. We have the, I'm sorry, that's 27 and a half, I take that back. We have the roads. Roads are, I believe, 20 year property. Um, And then, uh, uh, Josh, if we overpay, so to speak, we pay more than uh, the, the asset value, that's called goodwill. And goodwill is amortizable over 15 years. Right. So, on average, when you blend all that together, we're able to, uh, I'll say depreciate, but it's depreciation and amortization, Sure. we're able to depreciate that 75% over about 18 years. So that gives us the same amount, but over a fewer number of years, it means we pass through to our investors a little over 50% more depreciation than if you invest in traditional bricks and mortar real estate. So the depreciation is quite compelling.
3: Right. And um, is, there, is there a lot of maintenance? And I know you mentioned a little earlier that you just own the land and the, right. um, the people who live in the, in the mobile homes actually own the mobile homes. So right. uh, other than the maintenance of, you know, maybe street lamps and uh, the roads and so on, Uh, within a mobile home park, is there a lot of maintenance that, uh, you know, investors ought to be concerned about?
4: There's not a lot. Uh, We do have to, of course, maintain the land. That's what we own. So that means first and foremost, plumbing. Uh, We do fix some potholes. Uh, We've had one of our 24 parks that we, and we knew this going in, we had to repave about half of it. Uh, That's pretty rare. Um, you know, we cut, cut the grass and then our parts up in the North, uh, we, we do some snow removal in the winter, sure. but, uh, it's relatively minor. Uh, we spend about, let's call it about 6% of our rents on repair and maintenance. Uh, I believe I've never owned an apartment building, but you know, I believe that that apartment building or, or single family house repair and maintenance budgets typically are more like 15 to 18% of rents. So our repair and maintenance is about one third what it is, uh, compared to other kinds of real estate where again, you, you, in those other kinds of real estate, you own, uh, the improvements by and large, we don't own those mobile homes. We just take care of the land. And uh, that's another thing that makes this a, a very compelling niche in which to invest.
3: Sure. Now, um, for people looking to invest with you, uh, with one of your uh, funds within Park Avenue Partners, um, what, you know, would, would you arrange financing for them or uh, or do they really need to have their financing squared away? Uh, even if they're accredited investors and they, they pass the threshold, um, you know, a lot of people just would prefer you know, somebody else take care of those hassles. Um, is that is that something your organization is able to do, or would you prefer that they come to you with their financing well in hand?
4: Oh, well, no. We, we tend to take care of all that. So we work in just a very classic limited partner, general partner model. So the investors uh, invest, and then I go, I pull their money, I go out as the general partner and arrange the debt. And uh, for instance, that bank debt usually, well, so far has always required me to personally guarantee it. So I actually put up as collateral my house, my two cars, and my modest stock portfolio to personally guarantee that bank debt. Um, So all that liability stops with me, none of that would flow through uh, to one of my limited partners. So I'll take their equity, I'll go out and get uh, the debt financing, and with all of that equity plus debt, I'll then go buy and operate the mobile home parts. And then we split the profits. Uh, I view this really as pure partnership. Uh, For me, what that means is I take uh, no acquisition fees, no management fees no disposition fees, no personal guarantee fees. I take no fees whatsoever. Uh, I just get a split of profits. So uh, all of us are on the same side of the table as it were. We're all hoping that the property does well. Uh, uh, anyway, so, so for me, that's really the, the right way to manage money uh, is not to take fees, but to get rich Presumably, no guarantees, <laughs> but, sure. but to, to get rich all together, all the same way. Um, so that's, that's the way we do it. It, it. It's their money. It's the debt that I'll arrange and, and often uh, personally guarantee. And, uh, and then I operate the parks and distribute profits uh, every quarter. I'm, I'm writing checks back out to my uh, limited partners.
3: Excellent. So uh, for people that might be interested in uh, working with you, uh, what's the best way they can engage with you? Is there is there a way they can reach out to you to understand a little bit more? Yep.
4: <coughs> yeah, absolutely. So the website is parkavenuepartners.com, uh, and they'll see right on the homepage. They can, there's a little intake form. They can put their name, phone, email in there. That comes straight to me. Uh, they'll also see on that homepage a little button that says invest, and that will take them to a page that does have the PPM uh, as well as a recorded webinar, um, as well as uh, the, the calendar of events, and I do host uh, live webinars uh, once or twice a week, so folks can either watch a recorded webinar at their leisure or join me and ask questions in real time. On one of those recorded webinars. Of course, if no, none of that works, I'm, I'm happy to to get on a call as well. But I'm hoping to gather as many investors on, onto those webinars at one time as possible. So uh, all that's right there again. ParkAvenuePartners.com.
3: Excellent. And for uh, people that you know may not quite may not be quite ready to jump in just yet, uh, if they want to learn more, uh, they could probably. Uh, get on one of your uh, webinars or listen to your podcast. So yes. uh, how, how would someone listen to your podcast and what's it called and where can they find it?
4: Yeah. So uh, the podcast uh, is simply called mobile home park investors and they can just put that into iTunes or Stitcher or however they listen to podcasts. Uh, The website is also simply mobilehomeparkinvestors.com. And that is the industry's first uh, podcast just dedicated to mobile home park investing. We get somewhere around 12 to 16,000 downloads a month. Um, We also, again, get some deal flow off that and we get other uh, prospective interested investors so all of that, as well as I'll just throw out quickly that, that I've also started the largest group uh, for mobile home park investing on LinkedIn. We've got almost 5,000 members there, uh, trading tips and deal flow. Um, but but all, all that is called Mobile Home Park Investors, and you can find it all at mobilehomeparkinvestors.com, as well as the industry calendar of events. You can download download that all right into your phone uh, if you want that as well
3: excellent we're going to take a short break when we come back we'll continue our conversation with jefferson Lilly. stay tuned we'll be right back
2: stay tuned for more of the entrepreneur effect when we return
5: thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now.
4: rankings. Let top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors.
2: You are experiencing the entrepreneur effect only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Dush Ramachandran.
3: And welcome back. This is Dershrama Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. Um, my guest today is Jefferson Lilly, who is the co-founder or the founder, I should say, forgive me, of Park Avenue Partners, and he's created this fund um, or series of funds to invest in mobile home parks. So before the uh, break, uh, Jefferson, we were talking about, uh, you know, how people might get in touch with you and how they might. You know, understand a little bit more about mobile home park investments and uh, how how they could work with you. Um, there's so much happening now. Uh, there's so much that is exciting. What what are you most excited about with respect to what's coming down the pipe in the future in terms of taxation, regulation, uh, any other exciting aspects that you're particularly uh, thrilled about?
4: Well, yeah, so uh, this past year, 2018, uh, the House and Senate passed uh, a uh, partial rollback of Dodd-Frank. It was uh, Senate Bill 2155, I believe. So that makes it easier for us, for park owners, to sell uh, mobile homes to folks in need. Um, That's been a big thing. I'm certainly first and foremost a for-profit entity but I do also have a, a social mission. We, we we are actively selling mobile homes to folks that typically make 30 to 35,000 a year, uh, and, and really manufactured housing is their only path forward to home ownership. So the rollback of the uh, overly <laughs> onerous and regulatory dodd site. Uh, uh, what was a big thing this past year. And then going forward, we believe HUD is going to start uh, uh, underwriting mortgages for folks that are buying mobile homes. Uh, This is still a little vague, it's part of what they call their duty to serve obligation. Um, But once that kicks in, hopefully by the end of this year, 2019, that again will make it easier for these folks to be buying uh, mobile homes. So um, all that uh, is exciting for us, obviously, as property owners. And uh, we also think it's it's really the right thing for society to to help folks uh, in, in, say, the lower third of America's income uh, to help them get out of being in apartments and help them actually become homeowners.
3: Fantastic. So um, before we let you go, um, let's talk a little bit about your origin story. How did you come to invest in mobile home parks? And uh, this is a fairly unique uh, investment area, as we've talked about, particularly with respect to real estate. How did you get started and what was your uh, um, what was your intro into this into this area of investment? Yeah.
4: Well, Dusha, uh, as I say, you know, when I woke up from the concussion, it just seemed like a good idea to buy a mobile home park. <laughs> uh, but, all right. That, that's my quirky sense of humor. But more, more seriously, you know, I, I was thinking, so, so I've worked for the previous 10 years. I've been in business about 12 years. Prior to that, I spent a decade working in high tech uh, out here in Silicon Valley. I went through the whole, the up, the down, the dot-com boom, bust. Um, basically, I came out of that with even more respect than I already had for Warren Buffett and for value investing. Um, so what I wanted to do really was diversify out of the stock market and honestly, I thought I would buy an apartment building um, you know and and so and, and you know I'd fix it up a bit, new kitchens, put on a new roof, make it better for the tenant, bump the rents, make it better for me. everybody wins. Um, and then just in researching, uh, apartment buildings, I kept coming across mobile home parks. They were only you know, 1% of the search result. Uh, what I was searching for was multifamily. So this is a niche within the broader world of multifamily, which most people think of as being just apartments. Anyway, it was clear that this niche was more profitable. Um, and so I kind of discovered it part by plan, uh, part by accident. But I just started researching it. Uh, this was now going back again about about thirteen years. It, it, it took me about a year then from when I started researching it. It really clicked why it was such a good niche. It took me about a year to actually find and close on my first park, um, but uh, but that was it. I, honestly, I was again looking to buy an apartment building, but looking to do real estate, and uh, I just kind of kept discovering this quirky little niche within the broader multifamily world, and. and and that really helped me uh, uh, discover it. And here I am now, 12 years later, I've got a couple of parts of my own and roughly 22 with investors and the funds. And uh, just launching my my third fund, so yeah, wonderful funny how how well life works out sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well,
3: congratulations on on uh, all of that success and uh, and uh, you know all of the wonderful work you're doing in creating affordable housing for uh, you know people just starting out or people that need it. Um, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you on, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing more uh, from you in the future. Um, and so when you're when you're going on your 10th fund come back and talk to us and we'd love to hear an update on how well things are going we'll uh, we'll certainly do that and hopefully long before the 10th <laughs> thank you <laughs> jefferson thank you jefferson take care